This is Triple H 100.1 FM with Ian Stewart. Good afternoon to you and welcome again to Rotary Matters. Now, look, I doubt if anybody listening today is unaware of the changes taking place in our climate. Sea levels are rising, temperatures are rising, the polar ice caps are receding, storms lash our coastlines, devastating major bushfires have swept through eastern Australia and parts of California. And that's on top of prolonged drought, parched farmland and dust storms. So the question is, what are we doing about it? Well, there are some people, including Rotarians, who are determined to bring the issues to the fore and do their best to tackle the problems head on. Now, one of these is Jeremy Wright, my guest today on Rotary Matters. Jeremy is convener of the Climate and Peace Forum, the overarching name for a series of public webinars focusing on the biggest issues facing society today. The next webinar comes up on Tuesday, the 10th of November at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and it's free of charge. The topic is climate scenarios, fires, food security and risk management in the wake of the US election. Couldn't be more timely, could it? The webinar will look at our prospects for coping with future natural disasters like bushfires, but also on the creative and powerful ways the agricultural and industrial sectors can help mitigate the risks. It's going to be a stimulating conversation. On the panel, there will be Greg Mullins, AO, the former fire commissioner um, for Fire and Rescue of New South Wales. Also, Linda Corrigan, she's an Angus cattle breeder and chair of Farmers for Climate Action. And a former Macquarie banker, Simon McKeon, AO. He's the Chancellor at Monash University and the force behind the Australian Industry Energy Transitions Initiative. Jeremy will background the Climate and Peace Forum for us and also provide some clear tips on things that we can all do now within our daily lives to reduce our carbon footprint. It's a great story and it's a timely story, so I'd urge you, please, to stay tuned. But look, um, just in case this is the first time you ha- um, you're joining us, The idea of this programme is to bring you an interview which will explain and provide insight into a specific uh, Rotary course or project. It's called Rotary Matters because, as you'll find out over the next hour, Rotary impacts many lives locally and around the world. Each week, what we do is uh, bring you an interview uh, where we might be hearing from an Australian organising free eye health care in India or an Australian building a school over in Nepal. Close to home, we might be looking at Rotarians funding insulin pumps for disadvantaged children, hosting an overseas student, removing graffiti, or in recognising somebody in the community who's gone over and above the call, earning themselves what's known as a Pride of Workmanship Award. Now, let me give you a quick uh, refresh about Rotary Around the World. It's set up over 100 years ago to foster the core concept of service above self. Around the world, there are 1.2 million members and 36,000 Rotary Clubs in 220 countries, so it's pretty big. Most Rotary Clubs uh, meet once a week and they devote their time to making the world a better place through a range of very worthy community service projects. Now, these meetings um, traditionally were face-to-face. Now, some of them are exclusively online and some are in a hybrid form, some people face-to-face and some watching by Zoom. Nonetheless, you're going to find Rotarians who are worried about fighting diseases like polio and malaria, uh, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene. They worry about saving mothers and children, supporting education, growing local economies, promoting peace and supporting the environment. It's these last two um, areas of focus that we're looking at today with Jeremy Wright. Um, He's a leading Rotarian and convener of the Climate and Peace Forum. I look forward to introducing you to Jeremy shortly. This is Triple H 100.1 FM. This programme is Rotary Matters and my name is Ian Stewart. 
and it's a great pleasure to welcome you back to the show. Today we're going to be meeting uh, Jeremy Wright, who is the convener of the Climate and Peace Forum, which takes place um, on Tuesday of next week at six o'clock. I spoke to Jeremy by Zoom a couple of days ago. So, Jeremy Wright, welcome. Welcome to Rotary Matters. It's um, great to have you with us today. We're going to be learning about the Climate and Peace Forum. Jeremy, give us an idea, if you would, please. How did this whole idea begin? Where did it come from? Yes, Ian, thank you. Thank you for your interest in, in this forum. Um, basically, the, the, the project, the forum, aims to establish uh, a new voice to advance the discussion about how Australia can address the climate issue uh, and reduce and, and to encourage Rotarians and non-Rotarians to take action, reduce emissions and contribute to the potential target of, you know, halving emissions by 2030 and, and zero emissions by 2050, you know, what, what everybody's talking about. It came about because we had a, a climate action group based at the Rotary Club of Sydney Cove uh, back about four or five years ago and about a year ago. We thought, look, we, we need a, a forum. We need to establish a new voice, not only for Rotary, but for the public arena, for the community, to uh, say a few different and more detailed things about how we address the, the, the climate crisis. So it's not surprising, though, that you have come up with this topic because at least two of Rotary International's main goals, one is to do with peace, and the other, more recently, is to do with the environment. So it's a nice alignment, isn't it, Jeremy? Ian, look, yes, it is. There are, uh, Rotary has seven areas of, of, of focus, what they call area of focus. This is Rotary International uh, for its community and humanitarian activities. Um, and they include education, child and maternal health, economic development, water and sanitation, disease prevention, peace and the environment. And the last two are really what this webinar uh, lines up to address and there's a, a natural connection between them both because um, you know if we don't solve the climate crisis we've got an unstable world and and so that addresses peace and it actually addresses a whole stack of other of those areas of focus like you know water and sanitation uh, like disease prevention like economic development so we've aimed to connect peace and stability and the threat that 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 the climate might have to stability together and that's essentially the talking point the focus of the talking point so jeremy these are um lofty and ambitious goals <laughs> very worthwhile goals of course um you began with a webinar back in august is that right uh yes we 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 had our first so we decided uh, back a year ago uh, when we were talking about this forum to go to webinars because of covid we decided a year ago to have a forum and then Early this year, we, we decided to go to a webinar version of that forum. And we had our first webinar in, in August, yes, and we're having these webinars every three months with you know, exceptional speakers. And in August, we had uh, the European uh, ambassador to Australia telling us about the EU uh, Green Deal, which is an amazingly comprehensive policy to reduce emissions, not only in Europe, but uh, to encourage the trading partners of Europe to reduce their emissions. And um, uh, Dr. Michael Pulch, the ambassador, outlined that in August with a couple of other speakers. And uh, our next webinar is this, this uh, next Tuesday, the 10th of November. And we've got uh, some similar 
terrific speakers, which I'd be happy to talk about. Yeah, I'd like to know a bit more about that in a moment. But of course, one of the um, side benefits, if you like, of COVID is that it's it's um, made it possible for more people to take part because there are more webinars um, out there. So you, you can you can your reach goes beyond Rotary, beyond Rotary members into the much oh, wider look, we general are public. Keen, Ian, Ian, we are keen uh, that this webinar goes out to the community uh, very definitely and uh, reflects the fact that Rotary is addressing this issue. Rotary is an organisation that wants to be uh, relevant on in a contemporary basis um, and, uh, you know, this issue is vital to all of us, not only Rotarians. So this is a, a webinar that goes out to the community and we're asking Rotarians to tell their friends and to get as many people you know, listening and thinking about the, the climate issue and what they can do about it as possible. So you're planning uh, four a year of the web of the webinars? Yes, we are every quarter. Okay. So you've got one coming up next week, next Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Yep, next Tuesday, six p.m. Uh, next Tuesday, November tenth. And give us a bit more of an insight, Jeremy, if you would, into what will be covered in that uh, webinar. Yeah. Look, um, in summary, it'll be um, uh, fires, food security, and um, and uh, risk management. I, I say that sort of as a as a brief summary, but basically we've got Greg Mullins, who um, was the former commissioner of the Fire and Rescue New South Wales, who who um, has been very public in his linking the bushfires from last year and previously to the, the increasing change in climate. And he will summarise for us uh, the the response that the, the Royal Commission International Natural Disasters has just produced its report and he will summarise that report and summarise the recommendations of that report, which, by the way, include a, a very big acknowledgement of, of climate being, you know, one of the root causes of our uh, new a new level of fire danger in Australia. We have another terrific speaker, Lucinda Corrigan. Lucinda Corrigan is an Angus cattle farmer and breeder from down Albury, Wodonga way. And she's also head of the Farmers for Climate Action. And she's been significant in encouraging the National Farmers Federation to adopt uh, a zero emissions by 2050. So and Jeremy, this is, is a very... This is the food security angle. So Greg Mullins yep. did the fires. Listen, yep. is talking <laughs> yep. food security. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and she talks wonderfully about um, farmers absolutely acknowledging the change in weather and the change in soil over the last 20 years and how that's rearranged their approach in many cases to the way they're, they're dealing with growing crops and, and, and uh, stock on, on the land and establishing you know, what measures they have to take to provide food security on an ongoing basis. Uh, it's, it's threatened. It's threatened because the changes are so, uh, are so great that they can see that they've got to keep their soils you know, well watered. They've probably got to take different measures now to make sure they're planting natural, natural grasses. They're revegetating their land. They're doing a lot about water conservation. They're doing things also like feeding, they're looking at feeding cattle with seaweed so that they don't burp so much and, and produce less methane. Really? All those sorts of measures is what Lucinda is going to talk about in much better detail than I can. 
So we've got fires with Greg Mullins, food security with Lucinda Corrigan, and there's a third speaker too. Yeah, another remarkable speaker, Simon McKeon. Simon, you might recall, uh, <clears throat> was the Australian of the Year back in 2011. He's been, a, he's been at the head of Macquarie Bank in Melbourne for some years, and he's now the Chancellor of Monash University, a remarkable individual. And he's headed up a, a really terrific new initiative called the Australian Industry Energy Transitions Initiative. And that's a, a that's a, a group of big industry companies, uh, including BHP, Woodside, Bluescope Steel, BP Australia, Orica, and then support companies like National Bank, but, but companies who are involved in, in big emissions. And as he says, these companies want to reduce their emissions. These companies want to be responsible to the community. So they've got this... Uh, they've got this forum themselves that are now influencing government to change policy. And they're, they're wanting the government to help them and work with them to reduce emissions dramatically. Their emissions add up to about 14% of all Australian so industry emissions, about 14% of all Australian emissions. And so they can make some changes and they are subtly influencing government, but they want to make the changes quicker than the government. So... Um, Simon McKeon will talk about this Australian Industry Energy Transitions Initiative, which is a very significant body, one of several in Australia that is pushing policy in the right direction. So three very prominent speakers on three very, very important topics, Jeremy. Well done to you on that. Tell me, um, uh, the webinar goes to air on Tuesday evening at six o'clock. Is that right? Yep. And yes, indeed. It, is there a, a, a Q&A opportunity for people to ask questions? Exactly. So we, we have these speakers speaking only for you know, 12, 15 minutes each. And then we have a Q&A for about 15 to 20 minutes afterwards. So there's a chance for um, the audience to engage directly with the speakers. And if some of the questions don't get answered, then we get the speakers to uh, uh, put the answers on, on the blog, on the website for okay. um, you know, follow up. Welcome back. It's um, Ian Stewart. You're on Rotary Matters. You've been listening to Jeremy Wright, a convener of the Climate and Peace Forum, coming up uh, next Tuesday. Um, I've got to a few more questions for Jeremy, particularly the likely impact on climate and peace resulting from uh, the current US election. So, um, if you've just joined us, this program, Rotary Matters, is designed to put the spotlight onto the world of Rotary, onto some of their projects and activities and causes that they support. I spoke with Jeremy Wright and asked what impact the outcome of the current US election will have on climate and peace. So uh, today, um, this, we are recording this interview, is the day of the US election. <laughs> Can you speculate, Jeremy, um, what would be the impact on climate and peace if Trump wins or if Biden wins? Look, I think for the climate... A Trump win would be a disaster and uh, it would, I think, increase, uh, we talk about climate and peace, it would, it would uh, reduce the chance of sort of ongoing stability for the world. We, I, I think there'd be, you know, more chaos. What it, what it would be, he, he would have such a negative impact on the progress towards the Paris Agreement, towards the 1.5 degree we want to limit it. It won't be limited at 1.5. Right now, the speculation is with a Biden win, which would bring in a Green Deal in America, equivalent 
to the Green Deal in the EU, there is a possible chance we could keep global warming to two degrees. Even that is going to be a hot world and a difficult world. Without that cooperation from the USA, and if we go to three degrees or four degrees, it's a disaster for the planet, absolute disaster for the planet. And we need to take action in the next year or two to reduce the emissions around the world by half by 2030 to then reduce the emissions to zero by 2050. Otherwise, we're in big trouble, as we are already in trouble with our disasters that we see and the, you know, the huge uh, the typhoon going through the Philippines right at the moment, the fires that have gone through California, the other tipping points that might come into play. So if Trump wins, I reckon it's a bit of a disaster for what the world will try and achieve in Glasgow next year, which is the five-year sort of equivalent to Paris, five years after Paris. It's in six years because it's been put off. But if Biden wins, he's got a, he's got a good plan. He's got a good plan that he's got off um, uh, his colleagues in the Democratic Party, Sanders and so on, that would match the EU system and possibly keep us to two degrees. That's a great hope. We're talking with Jeremy Wright today on Rotary Matters about the Climate and Peace Forum, a webinar coming up uh, next week in um, uh, being broadcast from, from Sydney. Jeremy, if um, people listening to this program wanted to do something themselves to uh, alleviate climate um, difficulties, to save power and so forth, have you got any tips? Look, there are a lot of tips. There, there are a lot of things that you and I and uh, individuals can do. Um, you can start by planting trees. You can collect your food waste. Food waste that goes into the rubbish generates methane. So uh, a simple thing that, that I do, I've got a composting bin. I just put my food waste, the non-meat food waste, into a composting bin. It, it decomposes. Then I, then I, I take it down to a farm and, and someone's got a, a wonderful... A garden that they put it in, they, they absolutely welcome the compost. You, you can do the same with a worm farm with your food waste, and that saves an awful lot of food going into the, the, the rubbish uh, system, and it reduces the methane, for instance, dramatically. You can install you know, solar, solar cells on your home and get a battery. You can reduce car emissions by uh, you know, buying an electric car or, or, in fact, riding a bike or using more public transport. There are other things you could you could. Join Rotary if you wish to help with our climate action, because uh, Cli uh, Rotary is doing a number of things to, to um, in fact, sponsor solar cells in schools around Australia and elsewhere to reduce emissions, for instance. And we're, um, we've got plastic uh, collection, plastic waste collection campaigns and a whole stack of other you know, tree planting exercises. So through Rotary, there's a structured way you can get involved in direct climate action that can help. And then, of course, you can you can write to your sitting member. Don't want to be political, but write to your sitting member saying how you want a, real, a realistic emissions reduction policy from the government. The Climate Act Now, Zali Stegall's Climate Act Now, is a realistic policy that's going up to government, I think, in um, five or six days' time to reduce, to, to say, let's have a policy that reduces emissions to zero by 2050. It just sets a, sets a benchmark that people then can follow. So, look, there's a number of ways. We'd encourage them to come on to the, uh, the webinar. And Ian, can I, can I uh, indicate how 
to register for the webinar. Please do, please do. So it's quite simple. Uh, go to a website, which is www.climateandpeace, all one word with A-N-D, climateandpeace, one word, .com.au. So www.climateandpeace.com.au, and it's easy to register for the webinar. And we'll give out some other sort of tips about what people can do to have make a difference, actually have an impact on the climate and reduce... Uh, reduce the, the continuing increase of uh, global warming that Jeremy, we've got to do. Uh, is there a charge to join the webinar? Not at all. Not at all. This is a, a free webinar. It's it's generated by us Rotarians, but it's 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 for the community and uh, it's absolutely free and open to anybody to join. Um, and uh, we, we absolutely welcome non-Rotarians onto the webinar the webinar is designed also to encourage Rotarians who are unsure about what they can do to know better what to do about the, the climate crisis. But it's also a webinar for the community and the general public to join in and find out what 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 Rotarians are doing and, and what experts in their field, like Lucinda Corrigan and Simon McKeon, what they're saying needs to be done. Well, Jeremy, I congratulate you on your um, enterprise, your foresight and the, your plan to put these uh, webinars together. It sounds a terrific initiative. And I love, I love the way that you've opened it up way beyond the Rotary immediate family and inviting people from outside of Rotary to get a taste of what Rotary can do and the power that Rotary can have by getting a, a sample, through, if you like, through, through your webinars. It's an inspiring story, isn't it? And there's a little bit more... Uh, to hear from Jeremy shortly. Um, my name is Ian Stewart. This program is Rotary Matters. You're on Triple H 100.1 FM. It's Ian Stewart. You're on Triple H 100.1 FM. This program is Rotary Matters. And we're talking with Jeremy Wright, the convener of the Climate and Peace Forum, a webinar taking place next Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock. Uh, the way to get onto it is to go to www.climateandpeace.com.au. Climate and Peace. Dot com dot au. Now, Jeremy, uh, uh, within a year or so, will become the district governor for a bunch of uh, Rotary clubs. In fact, there are 60 of them located on the south side of Sydney Harbour. Um, I asked him what his thoughts were about the priorities that he'd like to implement when he becomes the district governor. Look, Ian, thank you for the question. It's, it's an easy question to answer because obviously uh, addressing... The, the existential issue of climate is, is one of my priorities. So um, I've already established an environment and sustainability committee for the district. And yes, you're correct. Uh, our district starts at Sydney Harbour and goes south, out to Penrith and down to the Illawarra. Um, and uh, we've got about 60 clubs in the district. We've all, already got an environmental and sustainability committee. And I want to use that in other ways to show that Rotary is dealing with contemporary issues. Um, we've got other uh, priorities, including uh, a group of projects to help our Indigenous brothers and sisters in Sydney, um, because we've got a, a big population of um, Aboriginal people in Sydney, and, and we want to help them get a better footing and a, a better life in in this in this city that we share. We're also broadening our volunteering for all our community activities. So a range of other activities, many of which you probably talk about on your program. We're wanting to develop structured volunteering. Uh, and I'm keen to make this 
um, you know, worthy of those people in the community who are not yet in Rotary, who want to make a difference and, and join Rotary with with the structured volunteering that Rotary is so good at. So what sort of projects, what sort of projects, Jeremy, might they take part in as, as um, volunteers? If they're not Rotarians, what is it that you might ask them to do? Oh, many things. Uh, at the moment, we've got about seven or eight uh, programs where we we provide uh, breakfasts and evening meals for people who are living on the streets. For okay. instance, in Sydney, we've got a, an early bird breakfast program where we provide breakfast at St Stephen's Church opposite uh, Parliament House. Um, provides about 50 or 60 meals every morning from 7, 8, 7 to 8 a.m. We need volunteers for that. We uh, man the, the Vinnie's Night Patrol, for instance, that goes around the city. That's mirrored in a number of suburbs where a number of Rotary clubs are very conscious of the people who are struggling in the suburbs who who need feed who, who need feeding. And there's a whole volunteer group, uh, a regular weekly volunteer activity around that. We've got um, you know, plastic cleanups on on a monthly basis on some of the um, the beach suburbs of Sydney through Rotary clubs. We do marshalling for some of the big events um, in Sydney. We do marshalling for the city to surf sometimes, and uh, we we also do marshalling for the um, the wheelchair the wheelchair road race on Australia Day. Uh, that's as well as the the sort of the um, the usual things that we do at Bunnings, where we need volunteers to go and cook sausages. So, but uh, uh, a number of those really significant projects. We sometimes in a non-COVID time where we, we take groups of people from Sydney overseas to, for instance, my club uh, built toilets in the Solomon Islands, and uh, some of the some of the some of the skills and non non skilled people in the club went over to the islands and on a regular basis and and um, built toilets. So there are those sorts of activities that require volunteers, and there's a lot of administration behind a number of the things that we do, but also require sort of volunteer help. So there's a wide spectrum of ways in which people could take part in a Rotary activity without necessarily becoming a fully-fledged Rotarian, and you'd welcome their participation. Oh, look, look, that that's true. There's We've got structured volunteering associated with lots of different projects, um, all around, you know, my district and in your district north of the harbour, there's there's some terrific structured volunteering projects that uh, that that non-Rotarians can get involved in. But if they if they sort of join Rotary, they can they can actually start initiating these sorts of programs. And where they see a need, um, the beauty of Rotary, which I discovered when I joined eleven years ago, was I, I saw it. Um, as a vehicle by which I could introduce my in- things that I thought needed to be done, uh, and suddenly I had a, a bunch of people helping me. It was just fantastic, and I could help them in their projects. But I could use the the the, the strength of and power of Rotary to help in some of my projects, raising money, for instance, for medical research. I mean, suddenly I had a whole stack of people helping me raise money for medical research that. I particularly wanted to. I wanted to do. That's the beauty of Rotary, and um, and as a district governor, I want to you know make sure that you know the community knows that Rotary is a vehicle for individuals to come and make a difference in the world, and they've got some. Uh, they've got a, an organisation behind them to be much more effective than they would be just as 
by themselves. Jeremy, congratulations. I, th I think your district is going to be in very good hands when you take the helm. It already is, but it's going to be even better hands when you take the helm um, later on. So, Jeremy Wright, thank, thank, you. You, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the webinar on Tuesday. Uh, will you come back and report to us when you're ready to do the next one, which should presumably be... Uh, three months' time. Uh, in three months' time. Um, let me know what you're planning to talk about, and I'd love to have another chat with you. Ian, thank you very much. I really appreciate it.